Today we are watching Widget the World Watcher. Uh, the episode we're watching is episode 31 of season 2, The Great Barrier Thief. Jumping Jupiter! Oh, God. Listening to Amazingly Terrible, the podcast that has raisins in it. My name's Adam. Uh, the mar- part of Matt will be paid, played by Matt. I am David, the audio watcher. <laughs> and I'm Derek. <laughs> oatmeal raisin cookies are not that bad. Oh, I love oatmeal raisin cookies. They're my favorite cookie. Nice. They're, in my opinion, they're up there. Top top three to top five. I don't know. They've always been... I've, I've always loved them. I think it's because they're always moist. They they always have like a good moisture, whereas like chocolate sometimes chocolate chip cookies are just awful dry. dry. Yeah. yeah, I honestly like myself a dry cookie. I prefer like a crispier cookie myself. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's mm-hmm. a also. there's a cookie company out of Baltimore, Adam, that you would like. We uh, generally send tins of them to family at Christmas. David's. I, it might be that. David's I'd cookie. Have, I'd have to look at it's it. Like it's, a, it's a thinner, crisper cookie, um, mm-hmm. almost like a wafer style cookie. They're they're really really good, but yeah. I'm I'm with Matt. My my probably my favorite cookie is a Snickerdoodle. Yeah, almost for the same reasons. Like it's always got a good moist to it. Yeah, those are pretty good. See, I, I like a I like an almond lace, like an almond lace that's like really crispy with a dipped in chocolate. That's mm, that's good. Those so are that's great a good cookie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you shouldn't eat dry cookies though because it makes you uh, shit shredded wheat. <laughs> I was just about to say, look, listen to how wholesome this podcast is starting, and then we just launch right into, yeah, I've been shitting graham cracker crust for the past five days. Uh, so this show uh, was officially called Widget, but also known as Widget the World Watcher. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. I think because we'll get to it later, but they well, did. It's easier to Google if you got like a full title like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> precisely exactly. what they were looking yeah. for. They, went, they weren't that worried about Google at the time. <laughs> I think that they also they officially called it Widget because they heavily internationalized. So you can see, like, we'll get into this, but they syndicated the fuck out of this show all over overseas, everywhere. When did yeah. it air? And, 1990. Yeah, from 1990 to 1992. Yes, it um, started in September of 1990. It that explains a lot. It is it explained environmental themes and was contemporaneous with and has been noted to be very similar to Captain Planet. And yeah. as we know, Captain Planet, he's a hero. When did uh, yeah. Reduce, Reuse, Recycle come out? That's that's right that around this time. Years. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit say, before this. Yeah, yeah, and strangely enough, on November thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine, is when the Little Mermaid was released, which they plagiarized yeah. the ever loving. Fuck out of in this episode. Oh yeah, in this episode. Uh, they sure that's, did. That's that's actually how I know this was released in 1990s because as yeah. soon as they started singing, I was like, "When did the Little Mermaid come out?" Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I, I fucking I did the this same thing. thing. Yeah. Although Aladdin did not come out until after this show. You okay. think this influenced Aladdin? Yeah, well, Mega Brain. Mega Brain. <laughs> so the little, the little yeah. genie guy that lives in the watch. Mm. So here, <laughs> here's. A, Here's here's another interesting thing. I'm going to like the voice acting as well. Um, Bob the Poacher, character that we saw in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know who voiced him? No, tell me. Peter Cullen, fucking yeah, I, Optimus Prime. Yeah, it was Optimus Prime. I knew he was on the show. 
a lot of the voices are also Tress McNeil. Who's no, yeah, on- Tress McNeil's all over it. Yeah, that that woman works, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Widget is voiced by uh, Rusi Taylor. Oh, yep, yep. Who did uh, Pebbles Flintstone, Minnie Mouse, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, yep, that's what I know. On The Simpsons, she's Sherry and Terry, Martin Prince, and Gunter. Uh, Those are great. Nice. But I think for Widget, the voice you're going to hear the most is Gonzo from The Muppet Babies. Yeah, yeah, it's Gonzo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, holy crap. Uh good good poll, David. So this show was created by uh Peter Keefe. That's K E E F E. He was one of the founders of Zodiac Entertainment. He is a known mustache weirdo. And he wore, <laughs> and he wore cowboy boots a lot. I mean, cowboy boots nice, are very comfortable nice. once they're broken in. Hey, I just want to double back to the the previous Disney talk. Um, so this was Little Mermaid was the 29th Disney animated movie ever released, and then number 31 was Beauty and the Beast. And I don't know if you know, Beauty and the Beast was the film that greenlit Pixar Studios. Because <laughs> if you guys remember the scene where she's in the yellow dress and they're dancing, yeah, in the ballroom, they do CG in that scene. It was it, it was, was a big f- deal at the time. Yep, 360 degree shot in cell shaded animation or whatever and people saw it and their their heads exploded and that's what actually greenlit Pixar Studios. Wow, nice. Did I know that? There we go. Just trying um, to keep us relevant. That's all I'm doing here. Baseball and Beauty and the Beast. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Derek's our mainstream guy. He keeps us real. keeps us grounded. Um, I keep it raw, like life. So Peter Keith also created... Uh, the English version of Voltron, which he he went and bought the rights to two animes, uh, Golden Beast Golion and Armored Fleet Dragar 7, or no, 15. He also made Denver the Last Dinosaur, Twinkle the Dream Being, also starring Tress McNeil, The Mr. Bogus Show, uh, Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs, which looks to be the right kind of garbage, so I put it on the list. Nice, so nice. I could have sworn that was on the list. So old, old Pete here, um, do you think that he got his hair highlighted or he just happens to be a natural dirty blonde with a very dark handlebar mustache? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I also I think he does really, mustache. really want to go toss back whiskeys with this guy. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he, I think <laughs> this dude was a lot of fun. I'm sure the sleazeball antics of this guy would be amazing. Well, I mean, he was very successful in the industry. He t- put up a ton, of, a bunch of shows, a lot I didn't mix uh, lists, and was kind of a move. I think kind of a mover and a shaker. Uh, but he also like it's very clear was a great, um, I don't know, theft artist, uh, <laughs> like. Voltron's made of other shows. We've already remarked on the things they ripped off to make this show. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, just for our viewers who aren't looking at this photo, it's a gentleman with a a, a gorgeous haircut. Picture picture Sam Elliott in a suit. Yeah, but not a suit. He's got a sport coat, a turtleneck, and then he's got probably the most dandy of fucking handkerchiefs in his pocket. I don't even know what that is. Like, is that... That's a pocket square, man. That's oh, classy. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful pocket square. And you got to imagine he's probably wearing jeans and cowboy boots with this. Yeah, yeah. and a turtleneck. This is, this is Mr. Steel Yo Girl. 
Like he's rolling up in a 1979 Corvette Stingray with T-tops. Yes. Like like with just a mountain of cocaine in the back. Yeah, and you know it's like <laughs> no you know, this no I bought this car when I was in high school. That's the oh, kind of yeah. guy he is. Oh yeah. The cow the cowboy boots says I don't own a European sports car. That says I I buy American. It's right. Detroit, Detroit Steel and Colombian Go Powder, baby. Yeah, well, here's the bad news, guys. He died at 57 to throat cancer, so uh, making fun of him is less fun now. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cigarettes. No, I'm sorry. Why are you going to bum us out like that? Dude, yeah, he, you know, it's facts. He lived He lived fast, burned bright, and burned out quick. He, the way he wanted to go. He was definitely a shooting star. He was, he was probably snorting blow off hookers' asses, and then just, that's it. Like, I think he was happily yeah. married, but... With his wife, they were yeah, he, just hey, tons of blow. Tons there's of two cheeks. Yeah, it's for it's for your you and your old lady. All right, yeah, I should stop making fun of a dead guy who had who looked like a lot of fucking fun to hang out with. Also, strippers, man. Those, you gotta you gotta lay off the sex workers. I was told I have to be like Mike tonight, right? Like this is oh, my normal persona. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. Redheads, boners, naked anime babes. <laughs> Not even naked ones. Yeah. Fully that's, that's clothed. Need to be a little bit more chaste there. Anyway, the show stars Widget. He's a pur- purple alien. Uh, he has unlimited shape-changing powers. He's from the planet Widget, which is wonderful. Sektar's territory. <laughs> that is yeah. some fucking 10,000-pound yeah. brain writing right there. Yeah, yeah. It, aren't they, isn't his race called the Watchers? Yes. Like, aren't they all watchers? Yeah. Yeah, and he has, like, bullshit human friends. Uh, <laughs> he, he has bullshit plot-breaking alien friends. And uh, here in my notes, you'll see, he's one of the most annoying characters ever in the history of mankind. Nice, nice. Well, did you know, uh, I, I might be remembering this wrong, but there's a, a, a small scene in the opening where you see him getting into a spaceship with a rag in one hand. I think he's just a janitor and he was like cleaning the control panel of the spaceship and accidentally launched himself to Earth. Mm, okay. Was that the plot? We didn't watch the first episode, but I think that's what happened. Yep, yeah, yeah, I'm going back and watching the uh the intro now. He definitely had a rag when he got into the ship. Maybe he seemed was... to be like nonchalantly getting into the ship. Maybe he had a cold. Maybe he was just looking for a place to jerk it. There you go. Oh, very good, Mike. The the entire <laughs> opening, the entire opening seems to be taken from maybe like one or two episodes. Yeah, but that's usual. It, it seems like it's like the same costumes and outfits for everybody. And in these scenes, it seems like he's trying to use some of the devices that he has, and he's like screwing it up, like he doesn't know how to use it properly. So, kinda. Yeah. So I can. So I can buy that, like, maybe he is a space janitor that's not trained in how to use everything. The, the opening is also, like, the the scenes from the episodes are kind of lame, but there are parts that seem, feel significantly weirder, like when they go into space. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, those are actually, like, kind of beautiful looking. But I, I, was, I was feeling like I was going to get a much weirder show based on that intro that um, this show did not mm. deliver. Yeah, well, yeah. this is grounded in environmentalism and sort of like education, so we can't is it though? go too far. Is it? Well, it was coast. That's, that's going to be that's going to be my question at the end. Is <laughs> is this actually educational when it comes to environmentalism? 
uh, it was co-sponsored by the NEA, National uh, Educators Alliance or Association. Well, it went the opposite direction of where on earth is Carmen San Diego, where they don't jam the episode pack full of all of the facts they can. Right, right. They couldn't afford writers, for one thing, so they couldn't get any facts. <laughs> so that's, nice, that's nice. the first thing. So after the opening sequence, uh, then we get a precap. Yes, much like Silverhawks, they do the precap. Yeah, they do a precap. Sort of wedged into the opening sequence. In this one, um, the pre they do leave it on a cliffhanger. They like get you to the sexual central crux of the episode, and, and tell and but leave it up to to watching the episode to find out what happens. Whereas I think in Silverhawks, like they resolve stuff. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Silverhawks essentially was like, <laughs> if you don't want to watch the episode, this is precisely what occurs. Right. Like, uh, if you're too busy, you know, you, you're like, um, you're you're a young '80s kid, but you're just too busy to watch all the cartoons. You want the yeah. Cliff Notes version, yeah, so you can keep up with next week. Yeah, Even so though you... Silverhawks was literally the last episode <laughs> of the syndication <laughs> of it. Right, like, oh, I'll just watch this next week. Sorry, kids, Silverhawks is now country music, kids. <laughs> Worst thing ever, fucking made. <laughs> it kind of already was that show. Um, it was better than that. I like the idea of a kid who's got his life so together that he's like uh, keeps boned up on the cartoons but doesn't watch them, and then so he can so he can participate in like the uh, the re- the recess chatter. Like That's he's awesome. A, he's like a relentless social climber in like seventh grade. I, I feel like he would be the kid that's wearing like the blue stripes shirt with the uh, yeah. the white collars and the white sleeves to grade yes. school or whatever, and he'd just be up on everything. Had his own Kia Coke in his briefcase. Yeah, I like it. His parents say you only get you get only get like an hour of TV a week, and he's, so he so watches he's like all the recaps. he he makes the market out in five minute increments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, uh, uh, and the whole time he's like having like internally just a little existential crisis where he's like, like I know what the show what happens in the show, but did I really experience it? Am I missing out on a whole different side of life? No, he just loves the popularity of being the kid who's up on all the shows. You're right. There's no self-awareness there. Yeah. We open on the Great Barrier Reef, and the, the wildlife is all being scared by a huge Nautilus-style steampunk submarine. That nobody notices there's a fucking satellite dish on the back. Right. Yeah. There's yep. Uh, a bunch of bitch-ass dolphins jump out of yep. the water to get away. Those dolphins look terrifying. And then the subsurfaces. Because they're bitch-ass, David. Shit. <laughs> the subsurfaces uh, under an old man's fishing boat, and he rose off of it. I did enjoy that joke. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Uh, then we cut to the entrance of a cave that opens into the sea, and we assume inside the cave, Widget and Megabrain are watching a cooking show and making pizza uh, in what yes. looks like pretty unsanitary conditions. They do a very common late '80s, early '90s trope in this show, and the fact that they bring pizza in. Why in 80s and 90s cartoons was pizza like rubber? Like there's so many cartoons. Like I think in the Ninja Turtles, definitely in this one or whatever, like they could bite into a piece of pizza instead of being like, oh, and then they the piece of pizza is detached 
from the you know the slice, they're like pulling on it like and to show how off. cheesy it was. All right, let's get into the episode. We're eating cheese. Should we? Pizza. Do we have to? Do we have to? Let's try to just get this way. guys. Let's just try to get through this. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Once upon a time, there was a guy named Widget. They went to the Barry Reef. The end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they interrupt the cooking show for an Eco Watch bulletin, which is a real thing that really happened. <laughs> they learn about the sea monster, and an announcer says it's a dinosaur-like creature, despite the fact that it clearly has a satellite dish on its back. Yeah. I mean, there are lots yep. of dinos with satellites on them, right? Saddle, saddle dinos. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna watch Dino Riders, like dino riders, was, yeah. satellites and lasers and all kinds of other shit. Anyway, Widget and Mega Brain, who I haven't introduced, but is essentially like um, a poorly animated head and hands robot of some kind. Yeah, he seems to be some sort Doesn't of say. Like, mechanical automaton or something, and everybody keeps calling him a robot man or. Yeah, a computer he, man. So while making his, he's a genie. While making his pizza, he says he's going to put megabytes and on it, microchips and microchips, microchips on megabytes. it. Yeah, just like um all robots, they eat their own kind. Yeah, they're cannibalistic. Yeah, um, <laughs> they eat that and then old people's, old people's medicine. medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Old glory insurance for when the metal ones decide to come for you. Jesus nice. Christ. Um, uh, Widget says they have to go investigate, and uh, Megabrain kind of dissembles, and this is one of the many instances in which we learned Widget is a bad friend. Um, he just interrupts Megabrain by just sucking him into his watch. And we saw in the intro to the show that he seemed to be, in the intro, he seemed to be fighting somebody, and he actually sucked the guy he was fighting into the wristwatch. So it's almost like the wristwatch is actually a prison of some type, or an alternate. I'm right. thinking it's like the null zone, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the negative zone. Yeah. Or um, the phantom zone in Superman. The phantom zone, yeah. So Widget and Mega Rain fly to Australia in the world's biggest ball gag. I thought it was like... Just like a ball with buttholes all over it. It definitely it it looked like it could be an anal bead, but it, it like decorated with butts. Yeah, mm-hmm. just sphincters. We do get a list of facts, basically listing the square footage of the uh, uh, Great Barrier Reef, and uh, then the ball lands on a ship and opens like a pocket poly case. We learn the ship is being piloted by the bad guys. Did anybody notice that? They animated Betty's ass to be quite, like, the centerpiece. You are really channeling Mike right now. Nice. nice. No, they did They did on two or three two or three occasions. Like, instead of just being, like, the back of a character, like, they made her wetsuit extraordinarily form-fitting. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> so, like, like there's, a, there's, like, a full butt crack on it in two or three scenes. I thought it was interesting in a a children's cartoon that they went that far. This one is sort of have problems with the, like the educational part of this, the eco side of this, because they listed a bunch of facts about the reef before they showed up. Yeah. Basically like how big big it is. Yeah. Yeah. None of it's pertinent to the actual like problems that are faced the great barrier reef. And then when they come across Bob and Betty two uh, bad guys have already been established in previous episodes, 
widget automatically accepts their backstory and just goes along with it. So widget's an idiot, first off. Like and they say, they're they're counting fish for science. He he does yeah. seem suspicious. He seems suspicious, but he doesn't. He does no follow up questions. He does no. He accepts their story at first, and then it's just like, okay, I'm going to leave my spaceship here. And okay, go this, check. this points to like a bigger overarching theme that I'm. I guess this is the right time to bring it up, and this is yeah. like a fundamental problem with the show overall, and that is Widget is so powerful he can fix any problem by simply being able to pay attention to it yes so like the only way you can write him is that he doesn't pay attention to the right things mm. until the end of the episode because he's so he can do anything he wants his only problem is he has to be paying attention to the things he wants to do because every time yeah. that he's like oh there's a problem he's just like okay well i'll i'll solve it and it's solved yeah yeah and I think I think that actually goes more into my concerns about the education side of these things, because they're not actually offering any type of real solutions or real understanding of the problem, because no matter what happens, Widget can fix it. Yeah. Like literally, no matter what happens, they even end this entire episode with, oh, we've restored the Great Barrier Reef because of some magic technology. I'll get so. into that, too, because there's, there's problems with that as well. But Yeah. Um. So, Widget and uh, Mega Brain eat biscuits to let them breathe underwater. And I have another question here. Why? Fucking alien, alien magic, alien air biscuits. Yeah. Can he fucking change shape? Right. Does and, he? Can, yeah. Can he not grow gills? Yeah. There's no reason for this scene. He turns into a fucking octopus. <laughs> His buddy's a robot. His buddy's a robot. Yeah. So we got a robot and a shapeshifter who should be able to adapt to any environment and. They still have to take the time to eat air biscuits. Maybe that points to something interesting, though, that although he can change shape, his one weakness is he retains his, his own physiology. That's Ooh. assuming that his home world is, is oxygen. Wasn't he in space in the intro? Yeah, he was. Well, he's always <laughs> in his ship. He never like went out into the, into the vacuum. No, no, I'm pretty sure it was like standing on asteroids fighting aliens. Hmm, I missed that bit. That would be very interesting, though, if, if he could... If he had to retain his physiology, like how how painful would it have been for him to be an octopus then? Yeah, like he would was, have had to like broken all of his bones or would actually use his tentacles. I was thinking about this the other night and it was like usually they depict like shape changing as like basically a no effort um, ability, right? But like yeah. what if you what if you need to know a lot in order to shape change into like an animal? Like you need to know their entire musculature and like how their blood is pumped through their through their uh, body and like um, oh, how much food. It better be a magic alien, right? Yeah. Like imagine that you're like a human and like you have you haven't eaten in a while and then you transform into an elephant and suddenly you're like starving because like not only is the food in your stomach the wrong kind of food, it's also like very little compared to what the elephant needs. It's insufficient. True. Yeah, yeah that'd be kind of interesting. Be like, oh, I have to make sure I get the right lung capacity right. Right. Otherwise, I'm going to get really high from breathing in way too much oxygen. <laughs> that, that would be kind of interesting if it was like a real uh, shitty type of shape changer. And we do see that this is a effortful shape shifting because he has to do his little spinning activity. Yeah. So maybe when he does that spin, the shape shift, we're not seeing him like, like physically, like with his hands going into his body and like reshaping himself and 
No, it's so like, they don't have to draw him. His bodies and all that stuff. It, they don't, it's so they don't have to draw him physically transforming. They can just draw an alien and then draw an <laughs> octopus. No, I like mine better. He turns into a very alien-looking thing. With lots of eyes on stalks. Uh, so he turns into like a pretty awesome-looking alien, and then promptly, like in the same scene, into an octopus. And it's because we're not allowed in this show to have good things. Anytime something yeah. cool happens, we immediately like look away from it, or it's only for like two seconds. This happens every time he transforms into anything interesting. The excuse of that game here was that he was uh, scaring off all the locals. And then uh, the sea monster comes down and swallows Megabrain, and Megabrain has like criminally poor reaction times. He could have gone left or right, but he went yeah. straight. <laughs> he ran he away. Straight. Yeah. Which allowed the Nautilus to eat him. Right. I don't think the Nautilus has a very good turn radius. No, they, they show that later on, but it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, they're probably on there just watching cable, so it's not even like they're probably not yeah. even paying attention. With one of those early 90s big-ass satellite dishes. After it disappears, uh, a series of fish and animal friends came out, and they all have annoying and slightly racist voices that I couldn't pin down why they were racist. Yeah, we, we had a promiscuous ladyfish who mm-hmm. seemed to have like a more Midwestern standard U.S. accent. We had an Australian uh, Ramore eel, mm-hmm. a Rastafarian longfish, because it's actually not really any type of fish per, yeah. per se, um, and then a New Yorker crab. Right. And then later on, we see the creepiest fish of all, or the creepiest animal of all, I should say, rather. The stingray. The, the sea anemone. <laughs> with with hundreds of little faces on every end of the stock that are just smiling creepily at you. God, that thing was so creepy. I feel like there might have been a scene missing here where we spent more time with these characters and maybe learned about their habitat and shit or something, but... Maybe, um, maybe. We need that time to show them making pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Keep the kids interested. Yeah. I feel like this is where a scene where they just like let the voice actors do whatever they want after the rest of the team had had like, a liquid lunch. And they're like, yeah, shit, do whatever, man. Nice, nice. And it's time for the musical number. This is when we get to the musical number. Yeah, this is when we all we all stopped the episode to go see when the Little Mermaid came out. Uh, yes, released in 1989. Um, because yeah. the creatures break out into a community theater version of Under the Sea. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they all beg Widget to help them, and offer to help after they sing about yeah. how great their uh, how great their lives are in under the sea yeah yeah with amazing stereotypes and the most appreciated part of this this episode that we're watching which is on youtube right now is there are some serious tracking problems in this oh, and you get yes. the tracking oh, lines yeah, from like, yeah, the VHS yeah. cassettes I was like oh that's a throwback yeah. right there that felt great, kind of great actually <laughs> um, yeah. kind of added a little substance to it yeah this is also <laughs> the scene where the girl fish is sexually interested in Widget when he finds out he's quote unquote a watcher oh yeah yes. she throws yes. Yes. at him I'm, I'm thinking is she knows the watchers can shapeshift mm. and uh, that means she, he can shapeshift into, uh, you know, whatever shape he wants to. Yeah, you think she's you this know? fish is a size queen? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> she's like, 
you you could turn yourself into just a penis and testicles <laughs> like the anglerfish. Yeah, that's like how a lot of fish reproduce. Um, the creatures direct Widget to the haunted shipwreck. Yes. Uh, and then we get a short scene where Bob and Betty are stealing corals in their monster sub. For no reason. Th- this is what really bothers me is they don't give a motivation for the bad guys either. They do they late, don't the fact later in the episode. They're going to sell them on the black market. Yeah. yeah. Later in the episode, they say that. But here they do not. Here they just say that they're increasing their coral collection, which makes them healthy and wise. Yeah, they have a really odd so, Benjamin Franklin quote. I I, yeah. I feel like that was something that was established in previous episodes, though. Like we don't we don't know these people from you know from Adam and Eve, but they're the you know they're the the perennial every episode bad guy, and I think it's just just known that whatever they're up to is nefarious in nature. Sure, yeah, but it's just not clear how they're going to profit, I think. Like, why yeah, are they undertaking yeah. these criminal activities? Yeah, true. They need, they need to have a better blueprint for kids so that kids can determine if they want to partake of this criminal activity as well, is really what it comes ah. down to. Ah, do I want to live a life of crime, or do I want to join Widget, who I totally thought was Gidget until I watched the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Like as an adult in in the future, I can appreciate this is a terrible thing they're doing. But you know, as a child, as a I mean, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have understood. Yeah, yeah I think I yeah. would have just seen them as the the bad guys. Sure, the bad guys are doing something nefarious, and that would have been enough for me. Well, honestly, like they did pretty good because I hate the way they're drawn. Like they, oh yeah, it's not just that they're drawn to look bad. It's like they are. There's something very unsettling about the way they're grotesque. They are, yes, they're horrid. Yeah, if you go look at 1441, though, boy, they draw her ass in. <laughs> I, 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 not, I went and found it. So, Widget and the I'm Sea not, I'm not trying to be a mic here. I'm just like, it was glaring to me, and I went, wow. Was it glaring to you? Uh, Widget and the Sea Creatures <laughs> spy on the shipwreck, and um, but all the cowardly creatures run away when they see sharks patrolling. And I took a little bit of umbrage with this as well. They mm-hmm. took like the easy shorthand for any like undersea adventure and they made the sharks the bad guys. And <laughs> I went and looked it up. Discovery had started Shark Week in 1988. So they had two Whoa. years worth of Shark Week to educate them about how sharks aren't the bad guys and they still use them as bad guys. This isn't even a season one episode, so they had more time than that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. There have been three years. Yeah. <laughs> three years. Um, Sons of bitches. Widget tricks the sharks into crashing into each other by dodging out of the way. Um, and this then all the creatures just come back magically because he has shown that he can deal with the sharks. Yeah. Speaking of sharks, have you guys seen the video that's been floating around on, on social media? One of the... Uh, one of the tall ships out of one of the essentially sailing schools in Boston, Massachusetts, or whatever, was out about 100 miles off the coast of Massachusetts, and a basking shark was swimming around it, and some kid is up in the rigging videoing this, and he thinks it's a megalodon, and the whole time he's going, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Is, I just Googled it, and I see, is that a megalodon? Massive yeah. shark caught on camera. Yeah, I mean it's it's big. Is this like a whale shark or what? A basking shark, yeah. Whale shark, basking shark, just big, big filter feeder type fish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Widget distracts the sharks while the sea creatures sneak into the ship, 
and uh, he lures the sharks away and turns into a different alien and scares them. And again, we see this alien for two shots. Like maybe, oh, yes. Right? It's like it's Neptune's cool. like foot soldier or something like that. Like it's, a, it's yeah. a Neptunian nerd knocker. Yes. Yeah. Like, why didn't he go He's assault the a bully. ship as that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's a giant, like, crab people, like... Tastes again, like crab, talk like people, like... Again, the on. only way you can write him is if he's always paying attention to the wrong thing. Crab yeah, people. Yeah, yeah he's got the attention span of a people. Martian nut monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like crab. Yikes. like people. Um, did, did you guys find it to be extra... Um, I guess maybe racist is the right term, but I'm going to say racist in a way. That the Australian God, fish... The Australian fish always said by wallaby i think he did it by wallaby i'm gonna get out of here I, I found i found all the fish to be extraordinarily stereotypical i was curious as to why there was a jamaican fish on the great barrier reef which is on the exact opposite side of the fucking globe the voices were so <laughs> weird and did feel kind of racist but you couldn't i couldn't like put my finger on it couldn't, couldn't quite make it work. Like, yeah. they weren't quite racist. But they were just kind of like, well, this is inappropriate. I think stereotypical is the... Is the yeah, it's probably it. It's a little bit more, yeah. It's really weird that their attempt at this diverse group comes off as racist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think that's our modern lens looking at it. I think it's just more of they tried to do things stereotypical, and they didn't really think things through. Because if they wanted to do stereotypical that made sense, all the fish would have had Australian accents. Because you're in fucking Australia. I think probably what they did is they, they didn't have enough people that can do an Australian accent. And I think that they really desperately wanted to put in the Jamaican fish because, because of Sebastian. Of Sebastian, exactly. Of course, yeah. R.I.P. is so, actor, too, who also passed yeah, away. Yeah, he week. just passed away. Yeah. Yep. But uh, having having Sebastian and, um, or having a Jamaican fish and an Australian fish, they were probably like, oh, well, to sell this, we need to have fish from like all over the world. Be right. on the in the barrier reef. So let's just give everybody random different accents. Whatever funny accent you could do, do it. I see. So. Yeah, I seriously think they went to the voice actors and they're like, "Can you do a wacky accent? What can you do?" Yeah. Well, since we're doing obituaries, we did lose Rusty Taylor two years ago. So R.I.P. Yeah. Widget. R.I.P. Widget. R. Oh Widget. wow! And the actress that played uh, the actress that played um, Kevin from this, she passed away in 1996. So. Uh, Jeez, guys. Who's Kevin? Wow. <laughs> this is getting really morbid. Wait, who's Kevin? Ke- Kevin wasn't in this episode. Kevin was like with its... Uh, bullshit uh, friend. friend. Yeah, bullshit, yeah, bullshit human, human friend. In the shiprock, uh, Bob and Betty swim in and are confronted by the sea creatures. Um, and... And? The crab. Uh, okay, yes. And you see her butt. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just going to say... And the fish talk to the poachers, and sure. the poachers respond to the fish. So, all of all of the animals could be understood by yeah. humans. I mean, it does make yes. their their crime extra horrible. Hideous. Like, yeah. imagine if um, on Earth we are you know completely exploiting the uh, the environment the way we are, but every creature could we could tell could speak English and communicate with us. Yeah. And, and could and could grasp complex ideas like uh, you're destroying my habitat. Why are you doing that? That's my home. Anyway, the crab goes into the sub and frees Mega Brain from a jar. Interior of the sub design sort of cool again, but we only see it for three seconds. 
Mm-hmm. I did like how they had the uh, essentially aqua vader. Yeah, going on in there. They had a because the crab is riding a, a ray, um, and to get to the upper level of the sh- of the sub, the ship, the, whatever the pressurized area, they had the, the, the aqua elevator for lack of a better term. The stingray rides in. They suck the air out. The water goes up. They open a door, and the crab can crawl out. And I thought that was very clever. Um, but to your point, Matt, five seconds of this, and then off they go. Off we back back to being bored. Bob and Bo- Betty escape and. They drive off in the submarine, uh, making all of the sea creatures and Mega Brain feel disheartened. It's very sad. Then Widget arrives, having dispatched the sharks, and he learns about the situation. And they just summon the the anal bead again, like he can <laughs> solve any problem. And he decides just to pay attention to. Yeah, the chair in the anal bead is a robot. Yeah, like no indications of that whatsoever. Just. Yeah, and again, Perfect. that was kind of cool, but we saw it, a very short scene of it. Yeah, yeah. yep. And, and the scene that we did catch was uh, the robot responding as if it was a slave to Mega Brain. Right. It, it, like it woke up and like beep, boop, boop, beep. Whatever you say, Master Mega Brain. At this point, we're essentially in the end. In the end, uh, run, and uh, Widget disguises himself as a golden coral. Bob and Betty. Uh, are struck with greed for this rare coral. And this is when we learn that they're selling them on the quote-unquote black market. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, as the sub approaches him, he grows large, wraps around the sub, and it starts to overload and flood and, and release water on the inside. That releases electric eels from their jars, which also means that uh, the crab went in there, saw a lot of creatures stuck in jars, but only rescued one of them. And also electric eels. Uh, those are freshwater fish that are found yep. in uh, the Amazon basin, mainly the in murky waters there. So um, <laughs> as soon as they popped out of their jars and started shocking the bad guys, they probably had about an hour or less before they died. So um, they probably, I mean, that's probably why they were shocking everybody. Yeah. Because they, they were, were like, so fuck, mad. fuck. It's salt water. Shit. It burns. Uh, yeah, There's so many creatures on the Great Barrier Reef that they could have used to go back to the educational point of this to be like oh, no, nefarious yeah. to the bad guys that electric eels, which are, an, you know, like you said, an Amazonian basin creature was just like, come on. And also just, I mean, it's also like, again, lazy writing. It's a stereotype. Lazy writing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You convinced me, Adam. You convinced me that this is not an educational show. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. You the thought... lack of education in this educational program. You, th- so. you thought you were getting an education, but now you know you weren't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, education. They swim out of the sub, and uh, Bob and Betty see their ship sinking after they escape. And uh, they have to row away in a dinghy. Well, uh, It's not Betty even a dinghy. It's like the shitty fucking rubber boat you'd get at Walmart. Yeah, it's an inflatable raft. Yeah. Oh, I just got a good shot of Bob's ass. Yeah. (laughs) But see, Bob's ass, Bob's ass is not fully rendered. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't doesn't have butt crack. Go to 1457 if you want to see Bob's ass. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's go to 1457, folks. Um, we cut back under the sea, and um, under the sea, see, under Bob the doesn't. Sea. Bob doesn't get the the crack. He doesn't get the individual cheeks. That's what I'm saying. Like they, <laughs> they rendered in Betty. He like, needs some help from uh, Captain like, Power. Downwards, yeah, wetter, like, everything's were just, better. You come and see. Just motorboating that booty. So um, 
Megabrain ha- is essentially folding up a device, and he says, well, we put all the coral back in its place, seemingly using this device, but of course we don't see uh, it. Yep. No. It's but, fucking but space magic. Everything's fixed because of space magic. Everything's back to normal. Yeah. We, we learned absolutely no consequences about the things that the bad guys did. We know well, nothing about how the coral reef actually should be functioning. All we heard was, oh, coral is... Yeah, a sea we, creature in and of itself, you can't possess it. And we fixed it's, it. And we fixed it, yeah. Don't worry about it. All that bleaching, no big deal. Who cares? We're just going to fix it all. Right. Fuck this show. I hate this show. I hate it. <laughs> this this show is... Can we, can we just We're like, close. finish We're close, up with guys. this shitty fucking song and then start uh, to really crap on it? Yeah. Um, so, again, we can't have nice things. All the fish beg Widget to say, but uh, duty calls and Widget has to return to his cave, I guess. Um, and then we get another shitty song and widget talk raps during it uh, and then they fly away and that's the end of the episode it was awful yeah. it was really bad it was bad it was very yeah. bad i think that it, uh, we we've seen a lot of bad cartoons and we've we've gone over a lot of things that we thought were bad I thought that this was egregious and insulting just for the fact that the education value of this was nil, but it still got like awards for being an educational program. And I feel like it was teaching <laughs> kids awards? the wrong thing. Yeah, I got awards. I thought it did. Yep. Yeah. What what awards did this get? Like educational awards, like And it was so. it was so mediocre. Like it's not like this show is yeah. bad in that it's you know poorly animated or poorly drawn or poorly made no yeah it's kind of it's just so mediocre in every way it was it was well designed but the the writing is so lazy that it teaches nothing to kids it doesn't go into like the actual consequences of the things that are going on in the environment it's like oh no there's a bad environmental thing happening hey we fixed it yay let's go eat some popcorn you know it's it's bullshit and it's it really yeah, bugs the shit out of me because I feel like there's like a group of kids from our generation that watch this and we're like, oh, it's no big deal. The fact that that the anthropogenic uh, climate change is taking place right now is destroying the environment. Somebody will fix it. If not widgets, some scientists will figure something out. I mean, maybe, maybe, I, I mean, people probably thought that at the time. And that's why I hate it. I, hate I it. mean, yeah, I, I can see this being useful for like smaller children because the the lesson is like taking coral from the reef is bad yeah because that's that's the extent of what they're teaching it's one of those things that's always tempting small children you know it's like young young kids like four-year-olds yeah they're like should i take this coral from the playground to my house no i learned on widget the world watcher that it is wrong to take coral (laughs) i just I, i felt like the whole thing was a cash grab Yes, and I feel like a lot of his shows were like that. So two two episodes ago, we drunkenly did uh, Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego, and at the end of it, we <laughs> talked about how the first episode was actually well put together, and then the second and third episodes was just kind of a verbal vomit of historical facts. But at the end of the yep. day, <laughs> if you were a small child watching that show, you would walk away after 30 minutes of television and be able to say, hey, you know, the USS San Diego went to Turkey, and that's where Mount Ariat was, and that's where the the Ark allegedly and in Noah's flood hit hit the oh. fucking mountain, and, and all this. Shit so you went 
you went right to the things that are that are not facts. Well, I mean, the, wh- whether they're facts or not, they are at least part of human history. Sure, like, you're right. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like this one, you're 100 percent right, Matt. And the fact that it's like coral from the reef is bad. Like that was the, that was the the educational value of this show. Don't take coral from the Great Barrier Reef. Whereas at least comparing it back to Carmen San Diego, you got a lot of cultural, sure, historical, like whatever facts that kids would watch. They saw a cartoon, a little bit of action, a little bit of whatever, and they can say, oh, hey, there was a musical named Carmen, and they sang this song, and it was here, yeah. and those sort of things. Like, even though it was poorly written and poorly executed, as we all thought, at the end of the day, people watching it still said, I learned a thing or two. No, this there, one, there, you, you are right. There was definitely educational value associated with Carmen Sandiego. There's, there's literally zero. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like there's any in this. Yeah, other than like the Great Barrier Reef is a place that has coral that you shouldn't take it from. And and if you go on the Great Barrier Reef, you're going to get sexually assaulted by an angelfish. And sharks are going to come out. That's why I'm saving up. Um, <laughs> what? That's it. My did fetish. Mega Brain's a great uh, wingman. Says, no, no, you can't tie Widget down. He has to be free to go yeah, all over the right. He wasn't. He wasn't swinging on some yeah. of those other fish, so Widget could get on that angel. You fish think that while Mega Brain was like fixing the reef, that Widget was just like f- slamming that angelfish? Oh, totally. And then she's like, "Oh, I thought we were going to be together forever." And w- w- Mega Brain's like, "No, no, no, honey." Mega Brain's like, "Ghosted." <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like he's like. Uh, Widget's very busy, but uh, he said, you know, that... Uh, uh, That's he, amazing. He said you can call him, and he gives her a fake number. But yes, the whole thing felt sort of scammy. Everything felt like it was a ripoff of something else. It was lazy. There were a lot of stereotypes. Widget's head looked like something that Toad would dig up in Mario 2. <laughs> the other thing I'd like to point out here, and, and it's, I don't think these shows really have anything to do with each other, but Widget... Again, like he could solve any problem by just paying attention. So he, he essentially his chief problem is that he can't multitask, but he has every technology at a re- exactly the right time that he needs it. He has it's like the Wildcats problem. And then I hate to say it, but the a lot of the voices are bad in this show. They're just annoying. I honestly thought mm. almost everything was bad in the show. Like I thought the animation was bad, the character design was bad. Yeah, character uh, design the, is the, kind the, of the, horrific. The, the few times that we saw something cool, like you touched on Matt, like when he was Neptune's nutsack or whatever it was, like, and it was awesome for two seconds, and then it just went away, and then it became very vanilla and bland. And it was just my my ten cents on this is it just seemed like a cash grab. Yeah, like it it was not interesting. It was not. It was just. Bleh. They syndicated the shit out of this and internationalized it everywhere. And I think that was overall the plan, right? So they made a show that was super, super bland, that was very easy to uh, create a exportable product, and then syndicated it everywhere they could and um, got shit tons of money. While, while being able to tell that they were actually like a educational good program for kids. But in the meantime, like I'm, I'm actually watching through some of like the clips from other, from some of the other episodes, and like they, they, they don't even get the actual design of animals right. Like they have, <laughs> they have tortoises that are like swimming. They're not actually sea turtles; they're tortoises. They show them swimming around. They don't have like the anatomy of a rhinoceros, right? I'm say it's, it's just so bad. 
just like a little bit of education on the part of the, the writers could have actually benefited the show tremendously. But it seems like they were just way too lazy. The same thing with the animators. So the deal with the NEA, I believe, was like a partial funding deal. So probably they were they were like they took that money as their startup costs, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it'll be educational. And then Jesus they're like, yeah, Christ, it's educational yeah. now. Oh, I will say yeah. the colors are nice. I mean, it was colorful. You're right. Yes. They did <laughs> use the sixty-four crayon Crayola box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the segments, and then we can discuss real shit. Like, why are boobs cool? And why did this show suck? <laughs> Am I being Mike enough tonight? I'm trying. I'm really trying. I've, I feel like he's in the room with me. Like, I'm clearly not intoxicated enough. But It's, it's like looking into a Michael mirror. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to make some really bad ask. references. It's going great. All right, on to the next thing. Would you let your kids watch this show? No. Uh, no, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> How was that for a fucking transition? Yeah. I will talk for Mike. Uh, if I was Mike, I would say little girl can watch the show because she's smart enough to know the difference from reality and fantasy. And she <laughs> would be able to uh, actually determine that which of the World Watcher was wrong in its scientific facts. Uh, little boy is not allowed to watch the show because the color purple enrages him and makes him want to eat dirt. So. I can't, I'm getting a real picture of what his kids are like. <laughs> I, I feel like he's, he's probably got very pleasant and well-behaved and educated children. He's just a very concerned <laughs> parent. Can, hold on. Can we continue talking about how shit this show was? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the beers are starting to hit now. Uh, dude, this is just fucking terrible. It, it makes me angry. Like It, it literally just like makes yeah. me angry. The fact that kids have mm. watched this back in the day. And the parents were like, oh, my, my, my child's yeah, going to learn so much about the environment, so I'm going to put them yeah. in front of this so they could watch it anytime. It's like, yeah. the kids are like, oh, what is I would rather my children for? watch fucking G.I. Coral's worth millions show. of dollars? Maybe I should start selling coral. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's fucking... I do have a Nautilus-type submarine in the backyard. The Nautilus was cool. That was just a fucking terrible design. It was like a... I don't even know what kind of fish that was. Like... Bulgy eyes, shithole fish. I think it was. I think it was stolen from the design from uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. The first, the first movie. I think everything in this is stolen, basically. Let's it's go. The dinosaur cartoon. To the one <laughs> oh, wait, no. universe. No, goddamn it. <laughs> one universe. Fuck! I thought we were getting the new, the new show. Shit. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. My one universe theory is that this was somebody wrote the show, realized it sucked. Wadded it up, threw it in the like the garbage disposal in their kitchen, turned it on, and it shitted out into the universe somewhere. Whatever, that's it. Um, do you, do you have anything, Matt, David? Because I have something that might be like good to build upon. I'm not sure though. Well, he's a, he's a, he is like in a an extraterrestrial of like what appears to be a culture of quote unquote watchers. Yes, but they they appear to be based off of his actions. They appear to be very childlike. Mm, yes, yes, but powerful. But powerful, yes. I could see that, like maybe he was dispatched to Earth for like a different purpose. Like he's, you think he he thinks he's there to like protect the environment, but I can't imagine a spacefaring alien race with the level of technology that they have, unless they're all childlike, that they wouldn't be like, oh no, it's very clear that 
that this world will be destroyed in four years when Stampede throws a um, comet between Earth and the moon. Like, if they would be able to see the comet's trajectory, they'd be like, nah, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why is he on Earth? I still think he was just supposed to clean the spaceship and launched it accidentally, and he has no training. And, like, his culture is actually, like, a terrible war, warrior invading race, and he just... He... Ooh, interesting. No, I, I, I was going to say that he, he actually launched from the planet Iskandar. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was going to say the same thing. He, he was supposed to save the Earth, but he, he, he wasn't up to the task. Oh, okay. Maybe when he crashed, like, he suffered a severe blow to the head. <laughs> That's why his head or, is all, like, shaped like a boomerang. Or there was, like, a, an expedition that was going to Earth to try to help save Earth for the planetoid, and he accidentally bungled it by, like, stumbling into the ship, and the ship was launched with him instead of the actual, like, SEAL Team 6 version of the Watchers. Right. Mm. And then when he landed on the planet, he, like, didn't really know how to get in touch with the home world right, right away. So he just sort of, like, blundered about for a few years. Screwing fish. Screwing <laughs> fish. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Smashing out angelfish. Yeah. Or they, like, just engage in these weird quixotic adventures to save doomed planets. I have a completely related, unrelated question for Matt. Yes. So you just used the term quixotic. Is it... I always thought it was Don Quixote, but you said Quixotic. Is is it Don? I may have may have per- mispronounced it. Mispronounced it. Mispronoun. Mi- I did say oh, it I, wrong. I, I, fig- I figured you you knew it better than I did. Like I knew precisely what you were talking about using that that term. Uh, but I always thought his name was Don Quixote, and not Don Quixote. Quixote. Um, I think. So you think it should be Quixotic? Quixotic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 not asking this to, like, to make a joke or anything. I I I'm ignorant on how that name is pronounced. I pronounced it the way that I always thought it was pronounced. That's my uh, alignment. Quixotic neutral. <laughs> well, if there's one thing this podcast is known for, it's proper pronunciation. Hmm. <laughs> one time we pronounced arise so good. Quixotic. Quixotic. So it is quixotic, and 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 that is that is derived from Don Quixote Quixote whatever. Uh, oh no shit! If, huh. if you say That's... if you say quixotic over and over again, it starts to sound like it's a cleaning product. Well, to all of our faithful listeners, I learned a new word today. Friendship and learning is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah. We should get funding from the NEA. <laughs> as, as I just pound my way through fucking beers right now and try and make Mike jokes. It's better than when you were pounding your way through an angelfish. Oh. <laughs> that was a good joke. Was it? Uh, I enjoyed it. And don't worry, listeners. Don Coyote and Sancho Panda is on the list. Sancho Panda. Panda. Nice. nice. <laughs> is it Don Coyote? Yeah, it's Den- Don Coyote. Yeah. It's so it's coyote. Don Coyote. 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 Quixotic. Yeah. It's a coyote and a, uh, a panda, right? Yeah. Huh. That is very interesting. That one pronunciation is not 
similar to the other, but it's derived derived from the same word or whatever. So back to the Watchers. The Watchers' entire ethos is that they are harbingers. They are protectors of the environment, and they attempt to try to preserve it where they can, except that they have regressed as a species and become more and more childlike as they're going through, because they have ultimate power, right? So they suffer the same problem as, like, the Q continuum. Yeah, so sure. they're kind of like a bunch of, like, arrogant kids that are sort of running around doing whatever the fuck they want to. So they live in a post-scarcity utopia, so they progress to these mind state of children. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. they fly around in hemorrhoids with sphincters. And do you think so, Megabrain is his, like, AI handler? Yeah, just his, his computer, basically. Like, the computer from Star Trek. This is ma- it's his Major Barrett. So. I think it's Ian M. Banks is the author. I haven't actually read any of these big books, but he writes about this culture. Well, it's called The Culture, and it's this you know, human society in the future that's post-scarcity, and it's mostly run by AIs. And some people kind of get it and understand, but most people will just kind of like dither their lives away having a good time. Yeah, they just exist because all of their needs are catered to by robots. Yeah, yeah their needs are totally met. It's The Matrix. So I feel like the watchers in that regression become much easier targets to manipulate. Mm. So the chameleons manipulated the watchers into basically sending them information on planets that would be good to terraform. Whereas Iskantar is basically like helping to fund the watchers and are joining the watchers in their attempt to try to like help out the planets that they seek out and find. Oh, man. And you th- and you think the Iskantar isn't aware that they've been essentially yes. Yes, leading to Iskantar, the planet of Iskantar and Starsha specifically, being that like that much more upset when they find out the Gamillions did terraform Earth and that much more ready to help Earth. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You watchers took this educational grant and then did the bare minimum <laughs> of work. <laughs> did the bare minimum for education. And then they turn it into this capitalist endeavor for this other group of people. Yeah, they watched the the Watchers children watched watched this show, and then they were got dumber. And then the same cycle kept happening generation after generation until they were just children. <laughs> so I guess that the real question then becomes: if that's the case, what happened to Widget when what? the asteroid hit Earth, or when the planetoid passed between the Earth and the Moon, and the mask? used all of his mental energy to keep the world together. What was Widget doing? The Mask and Widget have very similar power sets. Mm. Very, um, and similar kinds of, like, problems in terms of, like, uh, they're always paying attention to the wrong thing. Right. To solve the problem. So do you think maybe Widget, it dawned upon Widget, the things that the Watchers had helped... Or the things that the watcher had t- watchers had done to help in the destruction of Earth, and he sought out the mask, and the two of them together were able to have a giant tentacle orgy. Like I don't know what they would do if you put them together. <laughs> oh boy! I really, I really like his tangent that uh, Widget and the mask are working together. I could see that Widget and the mask working together, and then um, occasionally like making pizzas together. <laughs> yeah like maybe 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 widget trained the mask that's why he's never really like successful in keeping the earth completely together and how and why he eventually fails 
I think I think probably what it was is the widget found the mask and basically awoke the mask because we, we determined the mask was Stampede's son that was oh, somehow somehow found his way onto Earth. So maybe he was like just a mask for a little while, and Widget found him. Was like, oh shit, you're part of this immortal race, and awoke the mask, and then taught the mask how to like do stuff. He imprinted him on the on the mask. Why are you making me imagine Widget's id? <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling the wi- that the mask didn't like. It wasn't a mentorship Ooh. thing. The mask like subsumed and imprinted upon Widget. And like essentially mind wiped him and took his powers. Maybe or, not intentionally, but Or did Widget try to leave the Earth like a selfish son of a bitch when he saw that the mm. Ashwood was coming? Like a bunch of sea crash, creatures. Crash landed into counter Earth and became the symbiotic. Whew. Jesus. That seems that seems I, like a I stretch. motion to get rid of the one <laughs> okay, universe well. theory because we are just really No, it's starting to get good now. Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Well, well, the the Earth that was threatened by the comet, and the Earth that had the symbiotic are both the same one. Oh, they were. Oh shit. See, okay. like that. This is why this is going to get nuts. So I'll. Here's what I think happened. Uh, Widget finds the mask. Uh, the mask is at that time latent, right? Not not awakened, and yeah. it imprints on Widget, takes its um, power set. Or adopts its power set and uh, and mind wipes him and may get some of the information from Widget, but but not all of it. But this leaves Widget as like an amoral, uh, directionless just being of destruction, i.e. the symbiotic. Yep, <laughs> you guys, because I wasn't around for the mask episode. I'm just like, uh. But this is why you need to go back and listen to the episode. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know, you, I know. You well, lose we, so much of me. our respect when you don't know the full <laughs> canon. <laughs> God. Fuck! Yeah. Well, we, we used well, to think we're you were cool. Pushing our glasses up going, well, actually, mm-hmm. the mass. I mean, I normally, I don't have glasses Loki. yet, but. You should look at um, Moscot or Oliver Peoples. Those, are, those brands have nice glasses. When I get glasses, I'm going to get the strap that goes around the yes. back of my head so I never have to push yes. them up. They're always torqued right yeah. into my fucking eyeballs. Made out made out, uh, made out, of that like neoprene stuff with like a tropical print on it. Oh, no, that's a croaky. That's why I have my sunglasses on so you can hang around your neck. Yeah. No, I mean the ones that like they suck them to your head like, <laughs> like fucking goggles. And you need the uh, flip-up shades too so you can actually like, have like the... Mm. The uh, sunglass part hanging up, then you can flip it down to cover up the rest of the eyes. Oh yeah, when I walk into a room, I go like that. Yeah, and then you put it down and you say something like, um, like David Carradine. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm gonna go die jerking off. Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) You can hear the the CSI Miami music coming in the background. (laughs) 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 
cut to the next scene. <laughs> just Derek choking. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just, his bell's right on his neck. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's, oh, got, he's got that one was... of those lanyards for his glasses. <laughs> he's choking himself. <laughs> oh, fuck. I think that was my pinnacle joke. Nah, man. You got more in you. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Did you think that was going to be the David Carradine reference that came out of my mouth? <laughs> I was actually watching a bunch of old kung fu clips recently uh, and enjoying them quite a bit. So, yeah, so that so that makes your joke forgivable. <laughs> so, so that's what I was thinking about him just joke. Uh, just cranking it while hanging well, it's, himself. It's also funny because the uh, the CSI Miami guy is actually David Koresh, not yeah, yeah right, yeah. So. That's that's what makes it even better. <laughs> I know. I realized you I said got David Carradine. I know. I realized I got the name wrong when I said it, but it kind of worked, so I went with it. <laughs> oh my god! I fucking cried laughing on this podcast in a hot minute. Uh, oh boy! All right. All what right. are we on to next? What's so, our next segment, so, David? So, which do you hate more, widget or the mask? Oh, widget. Oh, I wasn't widget. around for mask. So I'd say widget. I, wow. I do hate the mask a lot, but I hate widget more. Yeah, yeah, so do I. Yeah. Okay. I well, I guess, I guess the other thing is, is the, the mask was also like slightly grossly misogynistic in the sense of like there were slightly like, times where, well, yeah, just because there, he didn't have many opportunities to interact with women, but when he did interact with women, it was like, oh, my landlord's this bossy lady. Right. Oh, this this hot librarian is making me watch her child. Apropos of nothing. Right. But it was still still kind of had like a little bit of that gross vibe to it. But um, I still hate Widget more just because Widgets Widgets is trying to say that he's educational, but in the meantime, he's offering nothing. The mask isn't attempting to be anything other than just annoying. So <laughs> and he's succeeding. And he's succeeding. Yeah. So should we keep Widget on the list? No. No, no. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> no. Very just knows there. Widget is just terrible. Widget is just terrible. He's not amazing. He's not amazingly terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah, I agree. David, how do you vote? I don't know. I thought I thought uh thought you guys were laughing pretty hard this episode. And, uh... <laughs> I think I we were laughing pretty hard this episode because it was Oh, because we just had yeah. a bunch of really off-color bad jokes about this. We're uh, really just laughing at ourselves this episode. Yeah, strike strike this yeah. show, man. It this one's not good. Like the, the the very next episode, it put it this way: if we were to do Widget again, the very next episode would be a carbon copy of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, we, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we'd I would just be call out the again. same bad shit. We'd make the same bad jokes. And it would just be not interesting. I don't know. Adam's impotent rage is pretty funny. Impotent rage. <laughs> Please don't kill yourself jerking off. <sighs> oh, don't worry. I've got the timing down perfectly. <sighs> I have all system. It's okay. <laughs> you, Michael you have Hutchins, a, you are not. You have a digital auto-release. <laughs> exactly, exactly. On a timer. <laughs> which, which is really just a knife on a pendulum. <laughs> <laughs> on a candle. So you are you are Pickle Rick. <laughs> You're Pickle Rick over there. Hopefully fucking the family doesn't find you. <sighs> All right, David, what's our next segment? Still to come. Uh, yes. Did, did we did we put oh, Universal? Boy. Did we put the one universe three to bed? Yeah, I think was so. That, uh, was that good enough? Or 
for. I, I, I hope so. You guys are talking about the mask and shit, and I'm just sitting over here like... I think the trick with the one universe theory is to like to tie it down, but not too tight. You know, like yeah, yeah. keep it you, a little bit loose. Yeah, yeah you want it so to be can... able to get up and run away from the train before it got there. Yeah, you guys, you guys got really, really, you really dialed it in. Do we yeah. want to say that Widget Ship is the engine in the Generation Ship? We do want to say that. Yes. Yeah, I like that. A lot. So it's yeah. the hemorrhoid on the Generation Ship engine. Yeah, that's tugging. Sure. The the scrap metal yard that Heathcliff and uh, the yeah. samurai cats are living And it's being there. driven by its robot seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, sh- the really crappy, shitty robot with, like, three lines is actually the uh, computer system for the generation ship. Yeah. I kind of, I actually thought that thing was, that was, like, one of the parts where I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it looks cool. It's like, I used to be a seat... You can sit on me if you want to. Please sit on my face. Sit Sit on on my my face. face. (laughs) JP, that's not appropriate. Um, All right. Next time. What show is Index 329? Pride of the X-Men. Oh, what? Damn. I've never seen that show. Don't have to run... We don't have to rule the episode because it's the pilot. It's just one episode. Wait a minute. What? We have a... What is this? <laughs> what? Prime of the X-Men. What? Is this just Wednesday. a pilot for the full series? No, 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 no. This isn't for the full series. The full series came out after this. This was a pilot that they released on Fox. Yeah, Brands. that's how pilots work. No, I know. <laughs> and, then, and then this particular show yeah, never Adam. got picked up. You're so dumb, Adam. Pride of the X-Men is different from the Uncanny X-Men or the X-Men. Yeah, so there's there's no do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, it does not have the do-do-do-do-do. Also how pilots work. It's interesting because they cut, they completely cut Kitty out of it. Let's watch this show. Okay. Absolutely. Pride of the X-Men has an entirely different set of characters in it than uh, X-Men does. It starts out with a live action giving us a PSA. Absolutely, let's watch the show. <laughs> it looks really bad. No, it has it has Kitty Pride, it has Dazzler, it has uh, Colossus, and those three characters did not appear in the. X-Men. Yeah, because because that's from the eighties Claremont run. That's not the nineties X Men. Um, yeah. Here's here's my question though. If we only have one episode, we are essentially by watching it, we're voting it off. Oh, that's, that's a good point. So, what do we do to like make up for that? Do do we get to add a new? Do we get to vote on a new one? Yeah, I think that would work, right, David? David, we want a present. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've, I've been Daddy I've been, David. Daddy I've David, ne- I've been neglecting asking you uh, what you want to change on the list. You've just been putting new things on the list. No, no, you. No, no, no. You should be cashing in the the episodes that you've hosted. So. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I've been neglecting program. asking you about that. Okay, let's next episode. Let's do a whole. Um, let's just go around the horn, and everybody can cash in, and then you can tell us how many we can add. Well, I think you and I already added. Well, I I added two. You added one, and then took one of mine off. So, if you recall correctly. Yes, yes, because you chose wrong. 
<laughs> so so hold on. Go, going back to Pride of the X-Men, are we going to watch that and, and knowing that it's going to get voted off regardless? Yes. I would yeah. say yes. I was going to yeah. say, I, I watched the first 30, 40 seconds while we were chatting. You cheater. It looks like, yeah. it well, looks like something I want to watch. I was going well, for extra credit over here. Well, t- well to be fair, I, I did roll Derek as the Sumerian for Oh, oh, fucking sweet! Yes. Son of a bitch! Oh boy! How dare you? Derek's been away from me. Derek's excitement is so wonderful, and Adam's anger and disappointment is delicious. (laughs) Oh man, I'm so excited! That's the that Adam's anger is the hot fudge on the Sunday of Derek's excitement. (laughs) Three. The last time I was a Sumerian, I had to watch fucking three episodes in a row and present all that. At least I get 20 <laughs> minutes of cartoon this time. And that was Adam's fault. So. Yep. That's yeah. okay. So now it's sweet revenge because you get the cartoon that I want. Yeah. I'm logging off now to watch X-Men, guys, well, to start my notes. Bye. It's Pride of the X-Men. <laughs> no, next episode. You got to save it. Yeah. I know. I know. Next week should be Mega Man. Damn. We're yep. racking up the hits here. Coming up in Amazingly Terrible is Pride of the X-Men, the pilot episode hosted by Derek. But next time, we have Mega Man, episode 25, Bad Day at Peril Park, hosted by David. He's our Sumerian. He is our He's Sumerian. from Sumeria, which is located in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Neat. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've last with us for one more episode we're very sorry if you tried to watch the cartoons along with us because you really shouldn't you really shouldn't well for this episode matt has been played by matt but uh next episode yeah. we're gonna we're gonna recast matt as someone else oh no Perfect. yeah uh, we're gonna recast matt as uh mike or uh or debbie Ooh. Re- recast matt as debbie <laughs> neat <laughs> I, I don't think Deborah will be quite as forgiving of our nonsense as, uh, <laughs> as Matthew. She's our only listener. <laughs> uh, for Amazingly Terrible, I'm Mike, played by Derek. <laughs> and uh, I've just been Adam. I'm, I'm like, I'm like um, Tony Danza. You know, every part I play is just named Adam. <laughs> yeah. So I do I do feel like I didn't play Mike very well. Mike is a unique individual who is beloved and missed by the amazingly terrible staff. No, you tonight no. while he's driving to No, that's not true. Beach. That's not true. You did great. You you <laughs> Well, I am David and we have all been Dan. We have been Dan. We have all been Dan. <laughs> we have all been Dan. <laughs> is Dan gonna come? And uh, join us one of these days, or no? I thought you were going to. Dan is going to come. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say you could have ended your (laughs) sentence. Um, I'm hoping that they'll join us, especially for transport. Well, tell them we're watching next man. Amazingly terrible is produced by David. Send your emails to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Music by Josh Woodward.
My name is Adam, and I hate Amazingly Terrible and all you stupid fucking listeners. I work at in Seattle.